It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500. Or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Good morning. Happy Wednesday to you. Welcome into another morning here on the program. And it's a wet and windy morning, but at least it's somewhat warm. It's about 50 degrees out. So if you're heading out this morning, you're going to need your rain jacket, your rain gear, as the ABC6 meteorologists always tell us. You're going to need your rain jacket, your umbrella. Although I don't know if you want to use your umbrella because it's just going to... Did I... Why do I say umbrella, not umbrella? Anyway, if you open it up, the wind's just going to bend it back the other way. How how many hundreds of years have we had umbrellas for? How many generations of people have used those and we haven't figured out a way to reinforce them against the wind? I could see the commercial now for a brand new umbrella that has... Reinforcement so that it doesn't bend backwards in the wind. The company pays the money to license Bob Seeger. You see people walking down the street as against the wind plays. Their umbrellas are folding up in the in the wind. And then here comes that one person walking down with the umbrella that's not giving you a problem at all. Against the wind playing over the scene. There. There's your there's your million dollar marketing idea. Now you just got to figure out how to make it happen. So, all right. Well, we've got a lot that we can discuss this morning. Coming up later on this morning, in the eight o'clock hour, we are going to hear from Matthew Hamachek. He is the director and the executive producer of the Dynasty New England Patriots, which is now streaming on Apple TV Plus. I've been talking with a lot of my friends who are Patriots fans about it. And while everybody agrees that it's well done, some people are like, well, they should have talked about this. Well, they should have spent more time on that. And in talking with Matthew, and just so you know, this, you know, just it was something we recorded yesterday because I believe he's out on the West Coast working, so it's hard for him to get up this early. But um, in our conversation, we talked about how you really couldn't include everything. I mean, this is still a 10-part series. The first four parts have already been released. The next two drop on Friday. And if you are a Patriots fan and you want to watch this, or if you're a Patriots hater and you want to watch this, it's well worth paying for a month of Apple TV Plus in order to see them all. I think the final episodes will drop March 15th, if I have the date right. The Ides of March. So if, you know, if you get it today, you'll have it through the month of March and you'll be able to watch them all. I don't know how much it is for Apple TV Plus for a month. 
I want to say it was five ninety nine. That's what it was when I, or maybe it was six ninety nine when I signed up for it for the month. No commercials. It doesn't have any commercials except at the beginning. They have you know ads for other Apple TV Plus shows, but. And now it's tied into my T-Mobile account. Like it's something that they give me as a as a perk. But I think it was, I want to say it was $5.99. So if that's the case, think of it as you're getting a 10-part docuseries for the price of, you know, renting an on-demand movie. So we'll hear from Matthew Hamachek later on. And hear about the process of making the dynasty. But throughout the show, 508-996-0500, that's the number to call in and speak with me. You can also send those app chat messages and open line voicemails on the WBSM app. You did hear Phil Devitt mention in the news, the sad news, that the 14-year-old female cougar at Buttonwood Park has passed away from the effects of kidney disease. Now, the the cougar had to be humanely euthanized, but it's because she was suffering from the late-stage kidney disease. And it's interesting because when you... I, I, I've seen a lot of these press releases over the years. Sadly, you know, because these, these animals do pass away. They don't live forever. But... You know, they, they usually live longer in captivity than they would in the wild. And in these press releases, they usually have a, a couple of, like, biographical lines about the animal. What really stood out to me about the release they put out yesterday about the passing of Nikki the Cougar is many, there was like multiple, three or four people who spoke about having worked with her and how much they loved her and about her personality. And so you could tell, like, this one really hit home for the Buttonwood Park Zoo staff. So you can check out that story at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app, along with some photos of Nikki. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Good morning, Mr. Weisberg. How are you? Uh, I'm good. How about you? Doing all right. My walk today is going to be a little bit later because of the rain and because I have an appointment. Not canceled, but I'm still going to be out there. But I have a chance to call you early because of that. Oh, well, I'm no. glad, glad we can get the show started off with you. I'm glad, too. Although I got some very nasty messages yesterday, but that's for a later time. Uh, it doesn't bother me. Those messages do not bother me at all. They can message me all they want. I don't care. But um, I did see the first thing on the Internet when I logged on today, your story, the story you posted about Nikki the Cougar. Mm-hmm. Now, for many, many years in my life, I was way younger I always felt that we should not have a zoo. I'm not the only one. There's a lot of people that don't believe in zoos. So I immediately went on there. I went to go look up all about these cougars. Now I know what it says on the Internet that most of them will live between 8 to 12 years or 14 years. But they do have records of some female cougars who have made it to 20 years of age out in the wild, not in a zoo. I don't believe they get the proper care in the zoo. And you know I'm going to talk about food. I looked it up to see what they're fed. Their main diet out in their own natural habitat is deer, 
moose. They love, especially deer, they love that. All that kind of stuff. They're out there for the kill. That's the enjoyment of their life. So we capture them, we bring them in. That right there is a big loss for them. When I, I went to so many different web, websites to see what they're fed, and a lot of them won't admit what they're actually giving them. But I finally found one website that tells you, and I, was, I wasn't going to stop until I found it. It says their main diet, they are fed meat, ground beef. They like ground beef. They'll be given, at times of uh, scarcity, they'll be thrown a few rabbits or some chickens and even porcupines and stuff like that. But what I found was, it says... They are fed most of the time. I don't know what they're doing at the Brooklyn, uh, I'm not Brooklyn, over there at the uh, Buttonwood Zoo. Mm-hmm. But what I found was that the cougars are fed five times a week. It's a small bowl of ground beef mixed in with a lot of other crap. It said we will fortify this with nutrients. So I wanted to know what the nutrients were, and I already knew. But I went to so many websites and couldn't find one that would actually tell me what are they adding into that ground beef. And I finally found one. And what do you think? I'm sure you can guess. It's whole grains. Okay, ground cornmeal, ground soybean meal, fish meal. So they're getting less of their natural meat that they need and they're added with all this other stuff and then if they want to give them medication they'll give them a little treat of something good to kind of cover up the smell or the taste of the medicine and of course they're going to need medicine because now they're being deprived of all the natural stuff they should be eating they're captured and brought into a zoo where they're locked in and only let out so many times during the day and when they are let out they're probably dreaming of running around and hunting for the kill, and they're not—they're being deprived of that. So I don't believe in zoos. I, and yes, there were times I wished I could have gone to the San Diego Zoo, that big one that everybody talks about, for the sake of me. I mean, they're already locked up. I didn't put them there. I wouldn't want to be deprived of seeing them. I would love to go see them, but I'm sorry. They should close all zoos. That's what I believe. If you want to see animals that bad, Buy a ticket, go on a safari, go to the Serengeti, whatever. You'll see it all. But to have them locked up like that. Well, what do you think about... So what do you think about something... One more question before you question me. Mm -hmm. How many times do you really go to a zoo? For them to be locked up for life, this poor cat didn't die no natural life. She was put down because she had to be. And I'll bet all those grains they were feeding her mixed in with the little meat that she was getting, that's what did it. We killed that cougar. Human beings are evil, sadistic beings to lock up animals. How would you like to be taken out of your environment and locked up somewhere well, and only being fed what they choose to give you? I, I don't know if you've ever been to it, but, uh, you know, like in New Jersey at the Six Flags there, they have a, a, a wild animal safari park where they try as best they can to recreate you know, the natural environment that those animals live in, but they, you know, obviously they're not letting the, uh, you know, the lions aren't running around killing the giraffes, but they, they have them in as much of a natural habitat as they can. What do you think about a, a setup like that? I'm going to tell you what I think of it. It's, listen to me. It's about the money 
It will always be about the money. You think they really care about those? Maybe some of yeah. There are some very dedicated people. Look at Steve Irwin, who lost his life. <laughs> it's pitiful. They love animals. They want to bring this to people. They want the people to see how these animals live it out. And it's a wonderful thing. But I'm sorry. In the long run, you are shortening their life. They're not getting the proper diet. And it's, it's just a shame. I don't think, I mean, that cougar could have lived 20 years, but not in a zoo. Oh, but and, I, and you can look it up. I think I think the average lifespan was more on the eight to twelve side in the wild. Okay, I think okay. twenty is more of an extreme. I mean, yeah, a human being can live to be one hundred and ten. There's a woman who just celebrated her one hundred and tenth birthday right. in Bristol, and one hundred and fourteen too. There's a guy I forgot China or Japan or something. But but, Japan but that doesn't longevity there. But that doesn't mean that that's how long you and I are going to live. No, but listen, th this makes you think too. Now you're saying, yeah, most likely for the cougars, it's eight to twelve or eight fourteen, whatever. So you would think. If there are female cougars, there's probably a few males, too, that they just haven't found yet. But out in the wild, if a woman, uh, a female cougar can make it to 20 years in the wild, don't you think if you have that cougar at a zoo, you're going to give it the proper care, the proper attention, the proper food, they would make it to 20. And this poor Nikki, she didn't make it to 20. She started having the kidney problems. And I can bet you, I can't prove it, but I can bet you, that cat was getting those ground uh, grains stuffed into her food because how could they even afford to pay hunters to go out and bring in all that real meat for those animals? That's ridiculous. They could never afford it. Well, they would have to charge you a real absorbent price to get into that zoo to see those animals. So you know they're not feeding the proper diet. We need to stop taking away their habitat from them by building places and also stop dragging them into zoos. Let them live their life the way they have a right to live it. Just like you and me have a right to live. If we want to live our life and drink and smoke and do dope and all, then let us die. Let me let me give you a let me give you a quote from the zoo director that that might counter a little bit of what you're saying. This so this came the, the press release that was sent out was a lot longer than the story that I put up. Um, but uh, Gary Lunsford, the the director of zoological services, said animals in professional care at accredited zoos often live well beyond their normal life expectancy with ongoing veterinary care. So that's that's what they see as the the benefit of this is they're able to give them care that they wouldn't get out in the wild, so they would succumb to these things that you know that is an easy yeah. fix when they're in captivity. But Mr. Weisberg, they are also given preventative medications at the zoo to try to ward off these diseases because they know that they're going to get illnesses because they're not getting the proper diet that they really deserve. Medications, I found it on the other. I look at everything. I don't stop at one website, and I'm still not done. I'm going to continue with this later on today. Not on the phone with you. I meant continue on the Internet looking this all up. So they're getting medications, which is what I try to tell people about humans and the medications that we're being stormed with all the time. But thank you for giving me the time. All right. You have I, a good I'm day. To hear whatever. Yeah, I'm going to be listening. Thank you. Stay dry out there, and hopefully you can get a, get a nice dry walk-in. <laughs> all right. Have I a good will. day. Bye-bye. And uh, so if you want to respond to that, 508-996-0500, you can also send in app chat messages and open line voicemails on the WBSM app. But that's, it's always a debate. Uh, it comes up quite frequently. The woman who ran for city council, uh, Joyce Rowley, I believe is her name. Uh, hope I didn't get it wrong. But uh, she's been a longtime advocate of the Buttonwood Park Zoo relinquishing Emily and Ruth, the two elephants. And 
there are a lot of people who feel that zoos are and 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 I I guess I guess people who are anti captivity, anti zoo still make exceptions for things like um animal sanctuaries. So obviously not every animal is in the best you know if you have an animal that is injured in the wild and you bring it in to repair it, to, to help it, to nurse it back to health, but you know that putting it back out in the wild is only going to make it susceptible to more issues, then they would put that animal in an animal sanctuary. So even people who are anti-zoo kind of understand the need for, for those. Uh, I'm thinking back to the story of the owl in Wareham that had to be rescued three times, I believe, because he kept having issues when they kept releasing him out into the wild. And finally, the third time, they're like, you know what? We don't, we don't think we can put him back out there because he's just not thriving. I think he had one eye. He was missing an eye. He had a broken wing. Like he, I was writing the stories about him every time they found him. But he was, he was having some issues. So that's obviously an animal that you are prolonging his life by keeping him in the uh, in the care of humans. And many times, you know, people do dumb things and try to bring home a, a cougar as a pet. And those animals can't be returned to the wild. They've been slightly domesticated. Thank God that doesn't happen around here. But watching Tiger King... Open my eyes to just how many people actually do buy big cats and bring them to their homes as if it's a perfectly okay thing to, 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 to keep as a pet. When I was a kid, we had a table at a flea market and some of the other kids whose parents also had a table at the flea market, they had a pet raccoon that they would push around in a shopping cart. And, and I thought that was nuts. It's a raccoon. Those, those belong outside. Those are they're wild animals. Yeah, but he's okay. Uh, yeah, all right, I'll take your word for it. I mean, this thing had his own little, he had like a little uh, blanket in there and his water bowl and everything. And they push him around in their shopping cart. And like, he wasn't, caged in. He could have climbed out if he wanted to. But I can't imagine doing that, let alone having a having a lion or a tiger. Although that being said, I did always want a monkey, a chimpanzee. But then, you know, one tore off that lady's face in Connecticut and I was like, maybe I shouldn't get a monkey. And plus you can in Massachusetts. It's illegal. I think I just watched too much, and Chris McCarthy's going to be very excited that I, I made a mention of this. Too much BJ and the Bear. I also consider it an orangutan, but I don't know. I was just more, I was more concerned about how much they would shed.
508-996-0500. I'm going to take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. Um. And welcome back in. Thanks to Roger in Westport who sent me an app chat message. He says Apple TV Plus is now $9.99 a month, which is still not that bad of a price when you think about, you know, if you're signing up to get a 10-part documentary on the New England Patriots. Uh, but also you can get a free seven-day trial. So if you wait until all the parts of the docuseries are released, which is uh, mid-March, then you can get it for a week and just watch all 10 episodes. They're, they're all about 35 to 40 minutes an episode. So it's not like it's going to kill you to watch all 10 episodes. You can do it in seven days, no problem, I'm sure. Uh, but there's also a lot of other great stuff. And I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, advocating here for you spending more money. And I'm certainly not um, endorsing Apple TV+. Plus. Although I I've, I've found things on it that I like. There's also a lot of it on there that I haven't watched. But uh, Servant is a great show. Um, what's the other one? Severance. Uh, I'm trying to think. I watched uh, Monarch, which is tied into all those new Godzilla and Kong movies that have been coming out. That was very good and gives you a lot of story for the next movie. So there's there's stuff on Apple TV Plus that I think you'll find enjoyable. It's probably worth getting it for a month and seeing what you like. And of course... The best thing on Apple TV Plus, besides the Dynasty, Ted Lasso. So if you need a show that'll make you feel good, that'll make you laugh and, and make you feel like there's restore your faith in mankind, as they say. And I, I know people overuse that term, but Ted Lasso is that show. You don't have to like soccer. You don't have to know everything about soccer. I, I don't like soccer. I don't know much about soccer, but I was able to watch that show and enjoy it. And it's one of my favorites. So, all right. Well, we can talk more about that and whatever else is on your mind. 508-996-0500. But right now, it's time to go into the newsroom with Phil Devitt. Now, the biggest stories on the South Coast from the WBSM Newsroom. This is WBSM News. Donald Trump ran away with a win over Nikki Haley in Michigan's closely watched Republican primary Tuesday after winning in her home state of South Carolina last week, along with every other GOP contest so far. President Biden, meanwhile, won the Michigan Democratic primary. The Supreme Court will hear arguments today on whether the federal government can ban bump stocks, devices that let semi-automatic weapons fire more like an automatic weapon. The case stems from a bipartisan effort to ban the devices after one was used in a deadly 2017 shooting at a Las Vegas music festival. Russia says conflict will be inevitable if the West joins forces with Ukraine in the ongoing war. On Tuesday, a Kremlin spokesperson said if Western countries put troops on the ground in Ukraine, it would lead to increased conflict. The spokesperson said foreign leaders must consider what corresponds to their interests as well as the interests of the citizens of their countries. The nation's biggest nuclear weapons facility is being threatened by a fast-moving wildfire in the Texas Panhandle. The Pantex plant is about 17 miles northeast of Amarillo, not far from the Smokehouse Creek Fire, which grew from 40,000 acres to 200,000 acres in just six hours on Tuesday and is burning out of control. Officials posted on X Tuesday that personnel at the plant were building a fire barrier to protect the facilities and that all nuclear weapons on site were safe and unaffected. 
San Francisco is apologizing to the city's black population for years of discrimination. The apology is just one of more than 100 recommendations from a reparations advisory committee. Apple is canceling its electric car project. That's according to Bloomberg, which cited people with knowledge of the matter. Apple had been working on the electric car project for a decade. Bloomberg says executives told project workers that many of them will be moved to the company's artificial intelligence division. And Netflix may raise prices again this year. That's according According to analysts at UBS Securities, analysts wrote in a research note they expect to see a price hike from the streaming giant. Time now for WBSM Sports brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. The Celtics beat the Philadelphia 76ers last night 117-99. They're at TD Garden to play the Dallas Mavericks on Friday. Spring training continues for the Red Sox today. They play the Washington Nationals at 1 and the Boston Bruins play the Vegas Golden Knights on Thursday. Now let's check your forecast with ABC6. We're going to see rain showers today. It will be locally heavy at times, patchy fog, and it's going to be very windy today. Look for a high of 57. For tonight, rain showers possibly mixing over to snow showers around 3 a.m. Little to no accumulation is expected, and temperatures will crash into the 20s. Meanwhile, Thursday, mostly sunny and breezy with a high of 36. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Kelly Bates on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. I'm Phil Devitt for WBSM. WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. In 508-996-0500 is the number to call in and chime in. You can also send your text messages to us via app chat on the WBSM app. And you can send open line voicemails on the WBSM app as well, where you can record whatever it is you want to get off your chest. And I can preview it during the news or during a commercial and play it on the air. But, of course, the best way to have a conversation is the old-fashioned way on the phone. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Morning, Tim. How you doing? Not bad, man. How's it going? You're doing all right. All right. Uh, so I heard I heard in the news uh, there's an area in, or a county in in, Mass- in uh, the United States about reparations and like apologizing for slavery. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? Yes. Uh, did you catch where it was? Uh, I did not catch where it was, but I I just read this story the other day too. Um, but I didn't catch it, uh, and and Phil looks like Phil's recording some stuff for Fun One Hundred and Seven. So I'll have to uh, ask him during a commercial break. Check in, check in later. You know, <clears throat> I I kind of have a problem with not not apologize. I mean that's that's not a big deal. But going even further than that with with the reparations and and the connotation that America is you know this this 
racist, slaveholding country. When in reality, the United States was the one that really started the entire abolishing of slavery. Because if, if you actually look at the history of the country, which started in you know, 1783 when we actually signed the Constitution, we immediately started eliminating slavery in this country. From in in uh, 1789, Massachusetts became the first state in the in the entire country to abolish slavery outright. The intercontinental slave trade was eliminated in this country by 1800, and in, by 1865 it was completely obliterated. So in less than a hundred years, this country, the United States, got rid of slavery. It was the Europeans who brought slaves over. It was the Europeans who continued the the slave uh, economy since the 1600s. It it wasn't the United States. The the United States and our founding fathers actually started immediately to abolish slavery in this country. But you also have to understand that half the country actually, well, you know, not... No, maybe not exactly half, but, you know, a good portion of the country seceded from the country because they wanted to keep that institution of slavery. It's not it's not like you ha- we're not apologizing for the founding fathers in, in, in the idea of reparations. By the way, I looked it up it was San Francisco. So but it, it wasn't that you're apologizing for for the people who were abolishing slavery. You're abolishing for the people you're apologizing for the people that didn't want to abolish slavery. Right. I No, I understand that. And like I like I said in the opening, I I don't have a problem with that part, like the, the apologizing part. But I, I'm really getting tired of the uh, like the the storyline that America was somehow this massive racist country when our founding fathers and the federal government started to abolish slavery immediately, literally immediately. We started. State by state, because that's how our country is. We got we have to do everything state by state, uh, because we are, you know, a, a a federation of, you know, thirteen or however many there were at that point in time, uh, different states. So it started state by state, um, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, and and ultimately the majority of the population was up in the Northeast. So the majority of the population of America wanted slavery abolished immediately. And in less than a, it took over 300 or 400 years of, of European slavery. This is what we'll call it, European slavery. And then within less than 100 years, we got rid of slavery in this entire country. I mean, and if- the majority of it was, was before the Civil War. The majority of, of slaves were free before the Civil War because it was up in the Northeast that, that we got rid of slavery. But if what and you're it, saying was true then they they would have worked it into the Constitution that slavery would have been illegal, that they would have put it in the Bill of Rights that slavery would have been illegal because they would have had the right to do that federally. Well, that's that's the whole thing. You had half of the states didn't want to, right? Half the states did want to because almost immediately, like I said, if by, let me see if I can find it. By 1783, Massachusetts abolished slavery. And, and to be fair, to be fair, Massachusetts really didn't have slavery for a long time before that. That was just when it became formal. Right, right, exactly. And and then continue on, you had Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine. All these other states followed suit up in the Northeast. And that's where the majority of the colonists even lived. So the majority of America wanted slavery gone immediately. 
And it was just the farmers down south that wanted to keep keep slavery going. And that's why it wasn't in the Constitution. In order to have the Constitution signed off and create a United States, we needed to have some sort of concession. And that concession was, all right, we'll eliminate slavery, but it, was, it would be a state-by-state state issue. And then ultimately the federal government decided to try it and force it, you know, on the federal level, which causes civil war. Uh, because Abraham Lincoln didn't want to go. It wasn't Abraham Lincoln. Just so, just so we know, Abraham Lincoln did not want to abolish slavery in the South. He wanted to eliminate slavery potentially out west in the New Territory. He said, pretty much in the beginning, in the, in the beginning of the whole conversation, that the states down south could keep their slaves. He just didn't want new slaves. You know, out in in Texas and Nebraska and in in the Western, the New Territory. That was the big argument initially, well, and a I, lot of people don't even realize that. I think that listen, I don't have an issue if a municipality like San Francisco wants to apologize for slavery. Yep. Although, I mean, San Francisco's version of slavery was a lot different than you know the the chattel slavery of of the South. You know, San right. Francisco has a very spotty history with the way that it treated um, you know folks from Asia. And right, so right. I think that, you know, if they, if any municipality wants to have a formal declaration in which they apologize for it, that's fine. I don't know how much we need to get into actually paying people money for it because right. unless you're coming forward and saying, here's my direct bloodline to somebody who was enslaved, you know, you're going to get people that are going to say, well, you're just getting money for the color of your skin or, you know, your heritage right. as, as opposed to actually being a direct descendant of, of that. Right, exactly. That that that's like I said in the beginning. I don't have a problem with the 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 the, the apology part. I just want to try and change the narrative that for some reason you talk to anybody and most of Americans will be like, "Yeah, America had had slaves and we were we were a slaveholding country for a long, long time." No, we weren't. We weren't even a slaveholding country for a century. You know, if you want to get technical, when we founded the country, as soon as we had the ability to write our own laws, we started getting rid of slavery. Before that, well, we couldn't write our own laws. That's why we had a revolution. We were, we were under the, the, the thumb of the, the King of England and their parliament, and they made the laws. And then we, couldn't, we didn't even have representation over there. That's literally the reason why we had a revolution. But as soon as we were able to actually write our own laws and chart our own course, we started eliminating slavery. Right. We, we did have slavery for probably just about as long as we've existed as a country prior to, to the elimination of it. But... You know, as you're saying, you know, it wasn't a formal country for for the first 140 right. years of that. You can't you can't really make a law if if you're just a colony. That that wasn't something that we did. All right. Well, I mean, it's something to think about for sure. Yeah, All right. I appreciate. it. Thank you for the call. Have a good day. Bye. All right. You too. And uh, 508-996-0500 if uh, if you want to respond to that, but. Like I said, I, I understand when when municipalities want to have, you know, some sort of declaration on the record saying, you know, we were sorry for it. I, I think if you are so I haven't really read up a whole bunch about San Francisco and, and why they're they're putting this out there. But I know that that area, the Bay Area of San Francisco, had a lot of former slaves that moved out there. And I know that they did bring in a lot of slaves. Well, I don't know how, I shouldn't say a lot. I don't know how many, but slaves did come there during the gold rush with, with the people who had enslaved them. 
But I don't know how much San Francisco played a part in that, you know, chattel slavery. For them, it was more about the the way, in my opinion, it was more about the way that they treated the folks that came over from China and other Asian countries and the way that they were treated. But I, I, like I said, I don't have a problem if somebody wants to make a formal declaration about it. But I don't think you need to start getting into actually giving individuals payments. If you, if, 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 if you say we're going to take this money and put it into a college fund, a college scholarship for minority students, or we're going to put it into this organization or that organization, or we're going to put this toward, toward this program, I think that's better than saying I'm going to give... These people who, these, these folks who don't have a direct connection to that, a, a payment. And also, the other part of it too, if that's what you're doing, if you're giving monetary compensation for what slavery was, does any amount feel right? I mean, do you know what it comes across as to me in my mind it comes across as AT&T saying here here's five bucks for that for that uh, outage last week oh gee thanks you know what keep your five bucks like that it, it just seems like it's it, it almost seems more trite that they're trying to to pay you something when all you want is answers why did it happen 508-996-0500 Going to take a break and be back in a few moments. Oh. favorite Phil Collins song, but also Phil Devitt's favorite Phil Collins song. But I say that with a caveat. Easy Lover is actually a Philip Bailey song. Because Easy Lover is probably the greatest pop song of all time, in my opinion. But Something Happened on the Way to Heaven. Such a fantastic song. And a great video, too. If you've never seen the video, it is... uh, I think there might have been a couple of different versions, but the one that played the most on MTV back when that song came out, I believe in 90 or 91, the um, the most popular version of the video was uh, 
a performance of that song by Phil and his band. You know, they're kind of rehearsing the song on stage, but a, a stray dog gets in. And so the video is kind of from the dog's perspective of what's going on. It's pretty fun. And I think they even show a little bit of, you know, the making of, or at least they used to. I don't know if it's still in the video. But uh, what a what a great song. And uh, it made me think about on this. I don't know if you watch The Daily Show. I don't watch it regularly anymore. If I'm flipping through the channels, I might see it, but I'm not up that late anymore. Uh, but I've been DVRing the Monday nights with, with Jon Stewart. And if you saw this week's, he broke down a little bit because his dog had passed away the day before. And, uh, like, I thought I was totally over my dog passing away, and then I watched that segment, and then I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, Ruby. But I also realized this morning as I was getting ready and uh, leaving the house, I, I was closing the door, get, you know, getting ready to open the door to, to go outside, and I realized, like, I still have her leash hanging up. Like, I still have a lot of her stuff around. I, I got rid of her bed. I got rid of, you know, all the dog food. That was, I think I got rid of all the dog food. There might be some in a closet somewhere. But, you know, I tried to get rid of everything that I thought I didn't need. Gave it to people who had dogs or, in the case of her bed, you know, nobody nobody wanted it, which was a shame because it was brand new. It was only like a month old when she passed away back in July. But I understand, you know. You don't know exactly what was wrong with the dog. It you know, could have been something that was contagious. I get it. But I was like, this is a brand new bed. But uh, I kept her collar and some other things, and that's all together, like with her ashes. So, But that's it. No more pets for me. I keep thinking to myself, I'm just going to get a nice little fish tank because I used to always have a fish tank. Just going to get a nice little fish tank. Just so I can sit there and stare at the fish. And, and I was like, okay, first of all, that's a lot of work. Secondly, when I travel, who's going to feed my fish? Then I thought I can bring them in. I can actually put the fish tank on my desk at work. You know, and have you know, maybe a couple of beta fish or a goldfish or something. And I was like, well, now I'm asking my coworkers to feed the fish if I go away. Like, And then who's going to feed it on the weekends? Come on. This is not smart thinking. So, and I keep thinking I'd love to get a puppy or a kitten, but then I think, but that's just not fair to them if I'm not going to be home all the time. So, uh, pets are great when you have the time to dedicate to them, but when you don't, it's kind of not fair to either one of you. All right, I got to take one final break this hour. We'll be right back.